Welcome to the Church Matters Podcast, where we talk about topics related to the church in a way that honors the church. Thank you for joining the discussion. Hey guys, Corey Williams here today. I'm flying solo, but I wanted to get an episode out this week talking about the title of the podcast itself and kind of the vision behind it. Now, obviously, you've heard our slogan now, uh, Church Matters. We talk about things related to the church in a way that honors the church. So the goal of this podcast, you know, it's a double entendre. We're saying that we're talking about things, matters, that relate to the church. But the opposite part of that is, the other side of that is, not only are we talking about topics related to the church, but we're trying to talk about them in a way that actually inspires greater confidence in the church. And um, this has been a passion of mine for a while now. Uh, there has been a growing theme in Christendom, uh, in, in modern Christianity, that people look at the local church as a liability. So there's kind of a narrative out there of people who are sincerely trying to follow Christ, but then they look at the organized religion, they look at the church, and they can't say that they appreciate that. In fact, they've interpreted the experience of the local church, the organized church, as a liability. Meaning, they want to follow Christ, but in many cases they are either emotionally or physically or both, withdrawing from the church. Uh, I think that that's tragic. I think that the local church is at the very heart of God's intention for his redemption, for his plan of saving the world. And I would love for Christians to recapture a vision for what the church could be. And, and, and I agree, you know, some of the critiques are warranted. I think some of the points of emphasis that we've placed uh, in church have been misapplications, and and I am totally open to the corrective work of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit and, and uh, the reforms that need to be made when we compare the experience within the local church to God's intention for her. I'm totally wide open to that, but I want to try to offer my voice as a way to help people reconsider whether or not their posture toward the church is healthy. Now, I've told this story a bunch of times before, but it bears repeating. Uh, this passion of mine goes all the way back to 2007. Um, it was a season in my life that was very formative for me. Um, I had been a Christian for a while now. At that point, I was the director of an action sports ministry, and we were traveling around the United States coaching and wakeboarding and skateboarding and using those action sports as a platform to share the good news of the gospel. And I had been doing that for a handful of years at that point even. But I went to this conference and it's called the Passion Conference uh, by um, Louis Giglio and his wife Shelley are the leaders of the Passion Movement. And then they'd bring in um, Christian artists like David Crowder and Christian Stanfill and Chris Tomlin and others, and they'd bring in keynote speakers. And, and it was an, an event for young adults, and it would usually happen right at the turn of the new year. 
And so this was actually the end of 2006 and the very beginning of 2007. And I went with some friends from the Rockford area. And we were down there and um, part participating in this conference. And I remember this was the very first time, excuse me, this was the very first time that I uh, was introduced to the ministries of John Piper uh, at DesiringGod.org. And um, Beth Moore was there, and um, Louis was one of the keynote speakers, and um, Francis Chan. And so I was at this event, and God was really using the experience of the event itself and, and the teaching ministries of those individuals. And um, God was really kind of reorienting my life at that point. And so... I went to that conference and I came away with this uh, amazement, I suppose is a good way to put it, and uh, an, a rekindled passion for certain things. Ironically, that's the name of the conference, and so that's pretty appropriate. Um, but I came away from that experience, and uh, it, it was still a season of processing. And so uh, I downloaded a bunch of the Desiring God materials. Piper put his um, sermons and articles and um, all, all kinds of different material online for free starting all the way back in the 80s. And so I downloaded a bunch of that. And then I went to Cornerstone, which is the church that Chan founded and was leading. And they had their sermons all the way back to 2000. And so seven years of sermons from Chan, and I don't even know how many years of sermons from, from Piper. And um, I had on my calendar a trip to Nairobi, Kenya. And uh, I was going with a group from Rockford, uh, First Love International, and we'll put the um, link to their ministry in the show notes. Um, but I was going on a, on a short-term trip with a team from Rockford, and a good friend of mine who is a friend in ministry from my Operation 12 days, Laura McFadden, and then a family from the Rockton Roscoe area was actually moving there to begin a something like a two-year process of developing a piece of property. And so we all went over there together, and we did two weeks um, with the with the Rockford team, and then Laura and myself stayed on with the family. Uh, for, an, for an additional two weeks. And a part of the thing that we did during this trip was, on a nightly basis, we would listen to a Chan sermon or a J-Pip sermon, and we would, um, we, we were just being kind of, you know, fed by these ministries. And, and it was really, really exciting. And we were also in that setting of Nairobi where, we were seeing the sincerity of sincerity of Christians there and their experience of church. And, um, you know, they, I, I remember that we came upon a church service <clears throat> in one of the slums and they had this, uh, it was a little, it was a little building, um, that was built out of sticks and then corrugated metal on the outside and it was so loud they were singing so loud they had this passion for God that was inspiring and then um, I would help with Christian Union which is their uh, youth group 
um, at the school, at one of the schools that First Love partnered with. And I would help with their their youth group. And I remember um, a couple of the orphan girls who were now a part of the ministry of First Love coming in and singing and dancing um, with all their hearts and all their might. And, and, and I just remember feeling this burden then for the local church and for my experience of it back home. Now, I grew up in a very healthy church. I grew up actually at Central Christian. And, um, you know, the gospel was faithfully preached and, and um, people were inspired to, to worship faithfully and uh, people were being discipled and it was very healthy. But I still remember feeling that there was a disconnect between this vision of ministry that I was seeing in places like Nairobi, Kenya, and what was really happening uh, in, in the American West. Um, and so this passion began to brew in me to be involved in the local church, helping people to go from kind of a marginal commitment toward God to this wholehearted, all-encompassing all -encompassing commitment to the things of Christ in this world. Um, <clears throat> you know, another thing about being in, in Nairobi was we would go to church services at, uh, well, we, one, of, one of my favorite church experience experiences is this place called Karen Vineyard. Um, it's a church uh, just pretty near to the property, and it's an international church, and it's made up of a lot of missionaries. And I remember um, being so impressed by the fact that uh, we, we were there uh, visiting that church several times, and so all the stories kind of blend together in my um, faded memory. But um, it was very impressive to see these missionaries who were able to, on the fly, step in and lead various portions of the church service, and then to look around and to see the maturity of the people there and their commitment to God. And it was just incredible. And I thought, man, if God is willing, someday I would love to lead a church that looks and feels like this in the United States. Well, um, I got back from that trip and um, I actually had another trip lined up and it was a trip to head out west to connect with some people uh, in our ministry that we're um, considering launching a snowboard team for our action sports ministry. And so I went out west to California and uh, I made I, I made a point to go to Francis Chan's church. And so I reached out to him, I connected with him, and um, I got to stay with one of the staff members there and go surfing with those guys. And, and uh, it was just a really, really cool um, experience for me. But um, I went to Chan's church on a weekend when they were in the midst of considering what next steps to take for their church. And they had brought in the consultants and the experts and they had kind of projected, okay, you guys are growing like this and here's the kind of building that you could build and, and um, you know, here's kind of what we suggest you do to move forward in this ministry. And I was there on the weekend where he was kind of rolling that out to the people. And he said to them, um, hey, guys, I'm really sorry, but we're not going to do that. He, he showed us the blueprints. He showed the, the church the blueprints that had been drawn up. And, and he talked about the, the, you know, the, the cost of building a building like that. And he just said, I, I'm not comfortable with that. And um, 
he said, I would rather, you know, they at that point they had committed to giving away 50% of their resources to um, other organizations and churches and ministries. And uh, he just didn't feel as a leader that it was a responsible thing to invest so much money into a piece of property and into its development. And so he, um, you know, he revealed that to the church family and I was kind of looking around like, how are they going to respond to this? I mean, uh, they're bursting at the seams and they have an opportunity and the, the ability to build out this bigger facility. And, and he's telling them, their lead pastor is telling them they're not going to do that. And he's even just, you know, brainstorming. Maybe we'll meet outside. We live in California. Um, and you know, he's just kind of rolling out some different ideas and, and I'm looking around going, how are these people going to respond? And it was really incredible to me to see this church family kind of go, Chan, we're on board with you. Francis, we're on board with you. Like, this is awesome. We love that we're a part of a church that uh, is, is okay with not doing the normal thing. Um, and so again, it was this moment in my experience where I, I, I was considering the local church and I was seeing how the local church could be so mature and so um, discerning and so incredible. And and I continued to just kind of feel like, man, this is what I'm talking about. I want to be a part of a local church experience where the people of God are very passionate both about the things of God, but then also about the local church itself. Um, that led me to really reevaluate my ministry experience. I was leading an action sports ministry and we were traveling around and, um, and, and I just got to the place where I was like, I don't think I can do this long term. Uh, I want to be a part of a local body. I want to be a part of a local church. And, and so, you know, that summer was our busiest summer, but I was already daydreaming about making some significant shifts in the way that we would do ministry. Um, now I tell you that story just to kind of frame out the context for this journey that I've been on of really trying to invest myself entirely into the local church. Now, unfortunately, while that was my experience and I was growing in my passion for um, the local church, many people were growing disconnected from it um, and, and even skeptical of her. And so uh, the, the reason why this podcast is so dear to me is because it's a platform for us to say, look, the church is not all that it could be, but it is the church. The church is maybe not all that God intends for her to become, but let's invest ourselves entirely into pursuing that vision that God has for his bride. Let's allow for her to be washed in the water of the word and for her to become blameless and spotless like Ephesians 5 talks about and ready for the return of the bridegroom, Jesus Christ. And so the hope of this podcast is that we will be honest, that when we fall short, and I will make specific applications to my ministry and to my shortcomings, um, but when we fall short, we, we want to make those necessary corrections in a way that honors the local church, because we believe that it is the local church that is the hope of the world. God sent his son, Jesus, to die for the church. It is the blood-bought people of God. So I hope you enjoy the conversations that we'll have, and I hope that you see the vision for this thing. 
We want more and more Christians to fall in love with the church and to invest themselves entirely in her. All right, guys, until next time, peace out. I love you. Take care. Thank you for listening in. Please like and subscribe to this podcast in order to receive notifications for upcoming episodes. If you've benefited from listening, we'd appreciate you taking a moment to rate and review the podcast. We'd also love it if you shared this with a friend. Until next time, may the manifold wisdom of God be made known through the church.